and we are back. This is season three, episode 16 of the F1 podcast. As mentioned in episode 15, we did our quick overview of the Canadian Grand Prix, which saw Max Verstappen win yet again. You know, we're going to have fun with this next episode. As mentioned, myself, Tyler and Spencer and Morgan had the opportunity to go this weekend to Montreal. Andrew is going to lead the questions for the team. I think these are some fun questions that we're going to get get to. And this is probably, this was a really exciting weekend and we have a lot of stories to tell and a lot of funny moments. Um, so let's get right into it. Andrew, you want to do the honors and, and lead this episode, but make sure if you want to hang out with us at the next Canadian Grand Prix, follow us on Instagram. We're at 450 follow, 53 followers, I think, at f1.podcast. Reminder, when we went in 2022, we had 95. We called so, that and- growth. <laughs> Eric and I came up with some questions this afternoon that we want to bounce off the three of you because you had such a great, from what we saw, looked like a fantastic experience at the track at Cirque du Villeneuve. Um, but first and foremost, how was the general atmosphere at the track throughout the weekend? And did you feel safe attending the race? Because I know there was a record-breaking crowd this weekend, right? So... Security could be at a maximum in that case, but we want to make sure everyone had a great weekend. So what was the atmosphere like? What were the vibes like? And, you know, did you feel safe at the draft? You know, we did see a lot of changes, particularly as a fan compared to 2022. Mm. I think there, I think there was maybe a lot of staffing shortages or just lack, uh, lack of staff. So I did find more, more staff or more help around the track, particularly if you needed help to go somewhere, a lot more security that I, I personally uh, found surrounding the track and also in the metro stations, a number of, I think it was security and then uh, Montreal police. So just man- managing, um, you know, we had what, 300, I think Tyler, you mentioned 385,000 fans at 45, 45. Okay. Uh, sorry, 345,000 this weekend. But I think, you know, general atmosphere was amazing despite the weather. Uh, people were excited. People were great. I can definitely tell you more Austin Martin fans this year, and I can tell by the type of gear because they bought it this year. I could tell <laughs> 100% that there was a lot of people that bought gear specifically this year, a lot of Fernando Alonso's. I did see more Haas stuff, but yeah, there were still your Red Bulls. There were still your Ferraris. Ferrari is a fan favorite in Montreal itself. But overall, I, I, we felt great at the track. And, you know, I think they did improve some parts of it. Uh, cell phone service, number one, uh, just so we can share all this content for you this weekend. So I didn't have to go on the top of the grandstand and put my phone out hoping to get a bar or two. But uh, we were able to do it. And I felt generally it was an amazing experience. Incredible weekend. Um, if you ever have a chance to go to an F1 Grand Prix, please try and do that because it is such a good experience on and off the track. Um, A full weekend full of fun activities, a ton of entertainment. We saw Martin Garrix live, which was incredible. And he partied so hard that he actually broke the circuit and the entire music shut off. And so we were all there dancing, drinking in the sun until the music came back on. And so honestly, going to a place where everybody has this deep passion for something that we can all share together. The energy was off the charts. And so seeing our favorite drivers in person, me personally, this was my first time going. And so I was so happy I, I did this. Um, I couldn't have gone with a better group, um, but it was so much fun and I would definitely do it again. Yeah. I mean, the, the other thing I would say just on your point, Spencer, is the people were just so nice and so friendly. I mean, it do- doesn't matter what team you're rooting for. There were great conversations happening 
uh, in the stands, in between sessions. Um, we met somebody from the Netherlands who was there on a business trip and they came up to me because I had my Max flag, of course, and he wanted to know why I supported Max. We had a good chat then. There were lots of people who came up from Toronto. We were chatting with them. Someone flew in from Calgary who had been going to the race for the last, I think he said eight years he'd been going to the race. So he's been flying every single year um, to, to the circuit. So he was he was fired up to be there. So just a lot of really great people. Everyone was in a great mood. Uh, the vibes were off the charts, as Spencer said. So, I mean, really no complaints other than inflation has hit the beer prices. $11 for a small Heineken this year. It was $11 disgusting. this year? Okay, $11. I thought... Disgusting. I was mad enough sense. when it was $9 last year because $9 for a 333 milliliter can is like absurd. That's a tall boy just about mm-hmm. anywhere else. $11? It's like we're, we're like watching a social bank arena right now. Here's, here's what... Isabel is atrocious <laughs> i don't even want to look i hope you, got you end up hashtag. just buying the cases of them did you we end up just you buying the cases i think <laughs> i think we witnessed people who clearly have been to grand prix before and then there are people who have been for the first time the people sitting in front of us basically set up an entire picnic where they just kept bringing they out did. their own snacks which i thought was such a big brain move so kudos to them for actually having that experience to do so. They pulled up their own comfy chairs. And so they thought this through and they were ready for a full day of racing. I think for us going for the first time, yeah, it's an expensive day. Is it worth it? <laughs> Absolutely. But yeah, it was definitely interesting to see what they were selling. For context, I was with uh, Spencer and Tyler in the hairpin. And then I, on Saturday, Sunday, I was with my dad in the Nicholas Latifi section. Guy had a full-on Yeti cooler in the middle of the staircase. Oh, <laughs> I just kept opening it. It just like yeah, a lot of people weren't happy that he was blocking the staircase, but I can tell you that, that that Yeti cooler was full of everything you could imagine. Last year, I did notice beer ran out significantly. Oh yeah, we ran out of souls on Friday. This year. So that was that was a similar situation this year. Really? The soul went quick. Yeah. The Heineken stayed. I think it made it to Saturday though. Oh, they learned from their mistakes. By what? Buying more extra case. (laughs) I think a two four pack was two hundred and forty dollars or something like that. Oh my god. Wow. That's basically the cost of a hat. Yeah. The merch was crazy expensive so we were looking at t-shirts at 130 dollars. hats were 80 dollars. sweaters were like 270 dollars. and then <gasps> you can get then you can get mini helmets which depending on the driver starts from 400 dollars to 600 dollars. <laughs> so we did see a lot of people um rocking the new merch but yeah i did get my my little f1 car so i'm gonna be making that a christmas ornament so i'm stoked about that i wasn't out there buying a 300 sweater so and and to, to, to add on to spencer's point we bought those cars outside of the track on, i think was it on crescent street i believe and that was like 15 dollars for a, yeah. a 148 model car without like a, ha- a person in it so and even if like you can go to the stores away from the track and the price might be lower like we did see some nice ferrari shirts like the 2023 shirts for and with the names in the back for 85 dollars still a lot but nothing Mm -hmm. like it was like at the track you brought up being outside the track which i just wanted to know the energy in the city that entire weekend where people continued to rep their teams continue to wear the merch um and party it up and i think everybody no matter how your team finished was having a great time celebrating so uh yeah going out hitting the town it was 
it was alive. So I loved it. I just have to say like the prices of that merch, are they expecting me to give them my firstborn child in exchange for a t-shirt? <laughs> yes. Erica, you and I went to Disney World this year and this is an eerily similar feeling, right? Where it was just an absolute train wreck inside in terms of costing for merchandise. And then if you went to like a store outside of the world, it was like a tenth of the price. Fraction. It's in, <laughs> that's in, uh, You why? can finance your hat. So in four yeah. equal payments. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Four equal payments of twenty nine ninety nine. No, ninety nine. But I know clearly you were asking about trying to smuggle stuff in. So last year when we showed up to the race, uh, we had friends who had been a couple years prior, and it used to be that you were allowed to bring in outside alcohol. So you've always been allowed to bring in your own food. You still can, but previously you were able to do that, and so we just brought it in because that had previously been the rule and they were like you can't do this and it's because with drive to survive it's drastically changed what the culture and how like busy it is at these races and so for the sake of trying to keep everyone safe and prevent people from overindulging as much as possible uh they now don't let you bring in outside alcohol and if we can just remind our follower our our listeners that like one canadian grand prix got canceled because of a booze dispute they could not sign a contract. Yes. Exactly. Molson and Labatt were duking it out. So the Canadian Grand Prix didn't go ahead one year. <laughs> so we, we we take our booze seriously down here. <laughs> well, luckily, everything was kept under control. I didn't see anything get out of hand. So everyone was having a good time. I'm curious if we are talking about the fans at the Canadian Grand Prix. We brought up Drive to Survive. I admittedly got into F1 or at least really got into it once we saw this documented on Drive to Survive. I'm curious how many people at that Grand Prix, 345,000 people, were there starting to watch F1 after Drive to Survive and then before. I think we saw a lot of fans that had a lot of cool, historic kind of sports memorabilia from previous races in the 90s and in the 80s and the 2000s. Um, I'm there as a, as a relatively new fan compared to them, but uh, I'm curious kind of what that what that is out there in the fans i have to imagine there's quite a few of them but that kind of leads into i guess our next question like you had some conversations with other fans you saw people who've kind of gotten to the sport from all over and we know we saw y'all kind of not just enjoying the race from the grandstands but going to check out the fan zone and so what were your favorite moments as you were kind of taking in the fan experience i think my favorite moment i mean the racing for sure i mean whether it's the wet qualifying and, and seeing again Valtteri try to traverse the lake that was the hairpin was was pretty cool um and and the race was, was awesome as as expected but I think outside the track was kind of cool to see the world championship trophy in person I, I didn't get a chance to see it last year so seeing that was very cool and and to see you know Schumacher and Senna and all the greats and their signatures on the trophy and then obviously Max the last couple of years that was pretty cool to, to see in person um, and then I think yeah just as Spencer said earlier the vibe off the track I think was a different level this year it was incredible the passion spilled over to the streets of Montreal and to the bars every single night and so that was cool to see remind uh, reminder like bars close at three o'clock in Montreal compared to here in Ontario where everything closes at well some bars close at two some earlier but i think they can close at three and so it's like you're all out day like at the track and then 
you could potentially you could technically go all night if you want. <laughs> we confirmed that. What do you mean technically? You did. <laughs> <laughs> we confirmed that in person that it does close at three a.m. I like yeah, how you said technically, like you didn't do it. <laughs> Some of my favorite moments, I think, walking the track was surreal. I think that's so cool to be there. And then you start walking it and you realize how big the track actually is and how long it is. Cause I think we walked, we got a lot of steps in this weekend and walking it definitely took some time. Seeing the paddock, seeing kind of everyone wrap up all the equipment. I think that was really cool. And yeah, on and off the track, uh, a lot of entertainment. Martin Garrix was a ton of fun. Um, going into the city after was a ton of fun. And so, oh, and I have to mention, the different classes of racing as well. There was a big Ferrari challenge, which they brought out the newest Ferraris. I thought that was very entertaining. Um, just given that everyone has a stock car, which there was a lot of opportunities for overtaking, especially on the hairpin turn, which we witnessed some great action. We, I witnessed some, some crashes with some Ferraris, which is uh, a little bit uncomfortable to watch. Such a beautiful piece of machinery. It goes straight into a wall. Luckily, every driver was okay from these crashes, but I want to mention that when you go to a Grand Prix, it's not just F1. There's a lot of racing all weekend long. There's practices, there's qualifying, there's races for different different style of racing. So I think overall that uh, makes for a great weekend. I have I to think- ask, did they race Nissan Micros again this year? They, oh, they that was my favorite part of last year. There was a Nissan Altima racing series, and then after they raced Nissan Micros. So just these tiny little two-seater cars absolutely whipping around the track. I think a great point that you make, the three of you made really was kind of the fan experience in the sense that everyone was so passionate to talk about Formula One. It's really, I find for myself, you know, my friend group are not really into Formula One. So it's really hard to, you know, connect with them on the Formula, on Formula One and, you know, talk about it, right, without feeling that. Um, maybe it's just going up on deaf ears or, it's, you know, it's not something that they're as passionate you about. But when you're able to have those conversations with other fans, um, I can only imagine what that, you know, that euphoric feeling that's like that or that enthusiasm is like that whole weekend there and being able just to discuss that. We were at the Martin Garrix concert and literally somebody had the Max Verstappen parking lot sign. And we're just like putting up like this. Also, Spencer, you went, you and Tyler went to go grab a beer, but Martin Garrix uh, FaceTime Lando Norris in uh, <laughs> during the set. So how drunk was he? I We couldn't. It was like 30 seconds oh. and we were too far back. So speaking of, you know, because you talked about beer improvements, did they what big improvements did they make to the concessions uh, overall for the weekend and. I see now that you've been there twice um, or you know you've had the experience, what would you say your ideal weekend set view, your, your setup view would be um, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday? Like if you were to have to pick to choose where you want to be on Friday, what stand you want to be on a Saturday, and what stand you would be on Sunday, what would your ideal weekend be like that? If I didn't, if money wasn't an issue, it'd be the most expensive seat, which I would assume would be the Paddock Club right above um the pit lane and then right beside it parallel to that is the starting straight which i think you can also get a glimpse of the first chicane so you would get so much action if you were to to be sitting there also some shade um you'd have a roof above you so if it pours rain you are sitting like royalty in your fancy suits so that would be that would definitely be my first pick i I think for me is the friday i spent at the hairpin was was a lot of fun 
And, you know, Saturday, Sunday was being with my dad in the Nicholas Latifi section, like the literally the first turn. So our viewpoint and the great thing about this week, this episode is you're going to see all the our pictures and everything in it. So, uh, you know, please turn into YouTube to watch it. But other unless you general admission, like the problem with the track is if you have general admission tickets, they I think they definitely limit where you can really go or like there was definitely a lot more. I heard a couple of pod, pod, podcasts talk about how. If you have a GA ticket, like, especially on race day, like good luck trying to find an area of like a glimpse of the track. Mind you, for those that want to go next year, Friday is the lighter day. Saturday, it picks up and make sure you give your time on Sunday to go through the transit system. um, If you want to catch the driver's parade at 12 o'clock, because it will be much busier on the Sunday. So it depends like what your comfort level is. If you want to go when there's nobody there Friday. You want to see the most action Sunday is your best bet. I know I had a few friends who went to Coda and I know even the GA tickets there, like there's so much space around the track for people to kind of like bring their own lawn chairs, sit down a little bit. Like you'll see that at some of the other circuits as well, where people are just kind of like on a hillside that banks down toward the track so that you have space. And that doesn't really exist at Gilles Villeneuve. Like it's a small island. And so really they've tried to maximize what they can in terms of placing grandstands. And because it's so narrow, they don't really have that kind of space for people in GA. And even then it's, it's really not great visibility either. So unfortunately, like it is a little less expensive to go to than some other races, I would say, but definitely, I think not one of those ones where you're like, wow, I can't believe I got to see all this. And it only cost me $90. (laughs) (laughs) I think that, I think it being on an Island also creates bigger crowds, tighter crowds. And so getting in and out of these races was a little tight. If you're claustrophobic, I think that might be a little bit of an issue as Crowd control was tough to to navigate, especially getting on the the subway. But luckily, this is the Canadian Grand Prix. Everybody is super polite and is civil about it. Um, but when you're soaking wet, standing in a huge crowd of thousands of people trying to pack into the subway, that's an interesting experience, but something you just got to have a lot of patience for. And I think definitely um, on race day, th- there's a lot of tracks that purposely try to put artists so it just can relieve. I talked about this today in the office. Don't put as much pressure on the transit lines just to kind of hold people back because obviously Sunday would have the most most people. So like, literally, we felt like I was at a high school a high school a party or a high school concert with Martin Garrix again. Like, <laughs> literally, to feel like a nice TBT throwback Thursday uh, on after the race. Now, where do you feel like they can make things better? Like if you were to go back again, kind of have like a more idealized experience, like be it, I know you talked about like things were great in the city, like the vibe was awesome. It kind of came alive. Sounds like things were a little tight and squishy. Maybe, you know, your suggestion is for prices to decrease, but like what would you think notch up that experience for you? That's it. That's the only one. It's just $5 (laughs) beers would be- Do a barrel roll. Everything else, I wouldn't change. I had a 10 out of 10 weekend. Once again, being the first time going to a Grand Prix, it was everything I expected and more and just super entertaining, good friends, good entertainment, fast cars, can't wish for more. Good piece of advice I will tell people if they are going to be attending the next Canadian Grand Prix, when it comes to the transit, there are options. For example, you can buy your weekend pass or you can buy a three-day pass or you can buy single tickets. You might want to go there on the Friday, buy your weekend pass or your your technically your three-day pass 
because the weekend, because there's just a caveat, the weekend pass doesn't start till four o'clock. So for example, Spencer and I bought a ticket on the way there to the track. And then we had to wait like 45 minutes already in a 45 minute line just to buy our weekend pass. And it's like, that's the worst place to buy. There's not enough machines to accommodate people. So buy your tickets, buy the three-day pass, don't buy the weekend pass. Um, I would echo everything both of you guys said. I think navigating the Metro efficiently is a key to having a uh, stress-free weekend. I also think I probably wouldn't change anything as well. I, I found it to be an incredible experience. Obviously, this is my second time going to the Grand Prix. I will definitely be going again in the future. If there was one thing, I know this one is you know very difficult because of logistics and, and things like that. I would love to see a bit more diversity in the support races. It would be amazing if they were able to somehow get Formula 3 or Formula 2 to come over and do one of the support races there. Um, because, you know, we go to some of these other events. Australia had both F2 and F3 as support events. That would be really, really cool to see. Uh, not that I didn't love the, the Ferrari challenge, because as Spencer said earlier, there were a lot of overtakes, a lot of crashes, a lot of really interesting stuff happened. But it would be kind of cool to see some of the young up-and-coming talent and promote them uh, over here because you know a lot of those support races happen in europe and again i get that that's a logistical a cost saving thing because it's it's not cheap to ship those cars across uh the atlantic especially um you know those series aren't making as much money as formula one but as a fan um if there was something on my wish list it would be kind of cool to see some of these other you know up and coming talents in, in f2 and f3 you gotta give that? what the people want <laughs> i would love to yep. see the porsches race at the canadian gp Ripping GT2 RSs around that track would be a dream. For the Ferrari Challenge was incredible to watch, but I totally agree with you. Seeing some some other cars out there would be a lot of fun. Did they do the Porsche Porsche races last year, or was it also? I can't Ferrari remember. Challenge? They they definitely had Ferraris, but they may have had the Porsche Super Cup as well. Yeah. Um, but I can't remember. Well, if I'm adding a bucket list, it's F1 Academy because they're supposed to be racing alongside F1 next year. And that would be real cool if during kind That'd of the awesome. inaugural pairing, they got them there. Again, like you said, logistical, money, transpo, all that fun stuff. But like, come on. If you can get the cars <laughs> to Australia, you can get them to Canada. I'm sorry. That's just true. True. Good point. I didn't think of that. It's got to be the same price. Right? It can't yes. be that much more expensive. Australia is pretty far from Europe. so yeah. I don't we know if he needs to hear me. Make it happen. Make it so. <laughs> Smash. <laughs> so, and so it is. <laughs> so based on social media, though, we saw that y'all had a lot of cool experiences, particularly <laughs> with a lot of celebrities meeting this week. So can you talk about the celebrities that you met and the stories that came up on it? Because it looked incredible. Spencer has to tell the, the Pierre Gasly story. Because he needs to tell he was, us about <laughs> his new BFF. Yeah, yeah he was I, the main character yes. in that interaction. Literally being replaced. <laughs> I don't like this. <laughs> yes, I'm sorry, Richie. Yeah, I got a new best friend. Uh, his name is Pierre Gasly. He races for Alpine. And uh, yeah, we had a cool encounter this weekend. We were taking a nice walk through the streets of Montreal. We were walking up to the Ritz-Carlton, which uh, we got word that the, the drivers were staying there. There was a big crowd waiting for these, uh, these drivers to come out. We happened to be walking there at this strange time where um, we were just trying to pass through, and we happened to just walk through this big crowd, end up on the red carpet, and realize that Pierre Gasly is coming out at the exact same moment. Now, 
I recognized that Pierre Gasly was right beside us. Um, but then I immediately realized we are the only people there with Pierre Gasly and realized <laughs> that we're probably not supposed to be there. And so my instincts realized, like was looking around and I'm like, okay, who, who's going to, what security guard is going to come body us right now? But yeah, once it kind of, uh, cool down we walked by and uh got a nice smile and and thumbs up from Pierre Gasly so yeah that was a that was a very cool moment and it was it was really interesting because I was walking ahead and you were with my dad and with Tyler and Morgan and it's just like all I hear is people just yelling Pierre 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 and I literally pulled out my phone ready I mean he did give me thumbs up in the car too but like I'm not that exciting compared to your story and I can't wait till you see the po the video uh I mean sorry the photo uh and the YouTube video it's 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 legendary I appreciate you snapping yeah. that photo. That's a pretty cool photo. And so, uh, so yeah, let's post it up on the, the F1 podcast Insta. You're in Montreal. There's a lot of French people or people who speak French. So simply shouting Pierre may be, may not be enough to trigger anyone to think that it's a celebrity going by. They may just think it's their pal walking down the street. Is it Pierre? Is it Pierre Gasly? Pierre Gasly. As he shows up on a Vespa to qualifying and Danny Rick's calling him out. For, for those that know um kim illman who is a photographer for who is based out of australia and takes a lot of photos of the grand prix was doing a fan meetup land not the lance sorry the hairpin section after fp1 obviously there was issues with fp1 so i didn't know if it was still going to go on but there was about a hundred people that got to meet up with him um after and so we kind of asked questions and he just kind of talked to everyone was, i had the coffee book that i bought last year for my dad so he immediately, instead of stop conversation, says, oh, I know this book. And then he kind of showed the book and then he signed it. And that was really nice of him. Um, my dad couldn't be there, but uh, so you'll see the photo there. And it's actually funny the next day as I'm walking to a specific, because since we were at Nicholas Latifi section, we got like a shuttle to go there. And as we're waiting for the shuttle, I saw Kim Illman walk by with his camera. And I said, hey, Kim, thanks again for signing my photo. How are you doing? And he looked so sad because how wet it was on the track <laughs> and he's just like i'm wet and i'm cold and then i said oh kim by the way this is my dad and he says hi dad and they just kept walking he had no, <laughs> he had no interest of uh hanging out with uh wanting to go because how cold it was so uh with spencer already meeting one uh one driver i on our shuttle on the way to uh, basically where our section. So we had to go on a boat to kind of pass by this, basically this famous um, staircase that it goes across the water. And a lot of the drivers will park on the left side of this staircase and you'll, the video will explain it or on this one side of the Island. And then they'll walk on this famous staircase to go basically towards the paddock gates or the paddock club. So I saw Carlos Sainz drive his beautiful Ferrari down there. Um, so, and like some girl had a really nice camera and so she took a couple of photos and it was definitely Car Carlos signs. Did he so park in was... the middle of the parking lot? <laughs> he needed everyone else in the parking lot. I mean, yeah, his couple of his team, uh, the team were like waiting on the road to kind of tell him which parking spot to go in. So yeah, we'll go with impeding traffic there. He's definitely the guy in a parking lot who goes horizontally across like three parking spots or directly in between two of them. Cause he doesn't want anyone to ding the side of his car. You lose. <laughs> I can he's, see it. <laughs> he's that guy. <laughs> if I had that Ferrari, I would do that too. I think though, John got the photo of the weekend. Beating British fricking Food royalty, the man, the myth, the legend, Gordon Ramsay. Oh my God, Richie, what was that like? 
So we had technically access where, like as our tickets had access to basically take the shuttle over. So this, they would drop you off at a certain section where all the paddock, not so much the paddock, but like all these executive suites were to kind of, and you were allowed to technically walk towards the Nicholas Latifi section there. So the video will show, so we were technically kind of on this like little laneway or this driveway. So executives were walking by, people with VIP badges, and like I had nothing. I literally had a GoPro and just be. So I was kind of just walking back and forth. And so I was able to walk all the way up to the paddock gates. And I saw I saw a couple of like intense security there and just seeing being like 10 feet away from the, the paddock swipe. And so people have to swipe their paddock pass and then their face comes on to the 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 TV there to indicate like to show that it's there. So as I'm walking kind of back to my seat, I see Gordon Ramsay uh, walking toward towards me with his PR uh, person. So I say, hello, Gordon, how are you doing? He's like, I'm good. How are you? I said, good. And I said, do you have a chance for a photo real quick? It was like kind of like that awkward three seconds, like one, two, three. Yeah, sure. Quick, quick, quick. So then uh, his PR guy took a photo with me and I was freaking out on my phone. I'm like, I just don't know what I'm doing. And the guy's like, I'll take it for you. So he takes it for me. Very nice. Said, welcome to Canada, whatever. Post that on Instagram. Didn't realize how much that was going to blow up. As we're out that night, he liked the photo or his team liked the photo. That's so cool. So, I mean, I DM'd him. He didn't respond. But like Gordon, if you're listening, you're always welcome on the F1 podcast. Get him on the pod. Richie, not going to lie. I'm a huge, like, I love Hell's Kitchen. I just, I love Gordon Ramsay, every show that he does. And I just was so jealous when I saw that photo. I was, I wish I was in your shoes at that point. He didn't, he didn't call me an idiot sandwich. He didn't tell me my chicken was raw or dry. So like, I guess I was in his good books for a solid 10 seconds. <laughs> Maybe. To be fair, he probably would if you cooked chicken for him. But <laughs> I think you dodged the bullet there. <laughs> Hey, now I'm not that bad of a cook, but whatever. <laughs> you know, I think that one of the big things about like you want to meet people at an F1 track is it possible? Yes. Is it hard? Yes. Because how big the track is and how big not only the track, but cell service and a lot of things can come into play. Um, so the, the guys from the Dirty Side of the Track podcast, Brian and Rob, been trying to meet up with them all weekend and just like schedules didn't work. And they had a, they were busy on Sunday in the paddock. They got access there and it was great to see that. So as we're at the Martin Garrix concert, I get a message from one of them saying, oh, we're at the Heineken star. So as we're trying to leave the event, I get this message and I immediately see their, their paddock shirt. So I went and gave them a nice big hug and to like introduce them to like Tyler and Spencer. And then I accidentally hit their beer and their beer spilled everywhere. And I just gave them the big old Canada. Sorry. So, <laughs> so Brian and Rob, sorry. Um, I owe you a beer next year when you guys come. So I appreciate it. And I uh, also want to give a shout out to the JJF1 podcast, random to him at the meetup. And he also bought me a beer, which $11 beer. So thank you. No, Tyler, then, do you have any fun experiences with celebrities this weekend by chance? I mean, I had the shared Pierre one with Spencer, but not to the same degree um, because, you know, Spencer and Pierre shared a moment. Um, but that was still cool because you know, as Spencer mentioned, we were literally within arm's length of him and nobody else was on the red carpet and everyone was taking photos. So I, I got the the celebrity experience of having flashes at you from every direction. Um, I did see Toto Wolf going into the track. So that was cool. He gave us a wave. 
Um, but otherwise, uh, just just a good weekend on on track. Lots of good action. A lot of good times on and off the track. Montreal is an amazing city, and and even better during F1 weekend. It was just alive all weekend, every single night. Everybody was in a good mood. So. It was it was a lot of fun. Nothing but positive experiences. All in all, it sounds like you had or the three of you guys had a wonderful weekend. Um, I imagine Morgan had an amazing weekend as well. Um, but you know, it was fun getting the phone call conversation from you guys on Saturday night uh, when Eric <laughs> and I joined at the bar. It was a, it it was just a unique atmosphere to see. Everybody was so lively, and the amount of F one merchandise that was being shown in the in the bar, um, you know. It, it had that full experience. So, uh, so happy that you three were able to, you know, in, in you know, indulge in that all weekend. And, um, I know the credit card bill might be hurting, but it was definitely worth the experience. We, uh, we definitely missed you guys out there. Um, please mark your calendars for the next one. No overlapping events. I, you will have to put several brick walls in front of me to prevent me from attending next year. And even <laughs> then I might still Kool-Aid my man, Kool-Aid man my way through them. So, <laughs> Likewise. I'm putting a lock in my calendar as we speak. I've already been looking up hotels as we've been on this phone call. <laughs> How is that even possible? It's not. Everything's telling me it's too far in advance, but I'm still trying. Well, on that note, thank you so much, everybody, for listening to Season 3, Episode 16 of the F1 Podcast. This was our follow-up podcast to Season 3, Episode 15, which is now live on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and XReach's YouTube channel. Please go listen to that before listening to, uh, well, you know, can't really say that now because you've already listened to this, but please check away. Uh, please listen to that as well um, as we reviewed the Canadian Grand Prix. Uh, again, thank you to my co-host Jonathan Ricci and Erica Hollingsworth for a great episode again, and also thank you so much to the two fan, to two friends of the show, Tyler and Spencer. You two have been an absolute joy and treat to uh, be a part of this podcast. Again, an absolute privilege to have you both on for these back-to-back episodes. And with that said. Uh, please follow the F1 podcast on Instagram. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and XReach's YouTube channel. Especially watch this episode on YouTube as Richie will have all the photos from the F1 experience um, that he had, the team had this weekend in Montreal. So you can indulge yourself as if you were there and kind of give you some motivation for going to next year. And we will be back in a couple weeks' time to do our review, the Austrian Grand Prix, where we'll see if Max Verstappen and Red Bull can make it 10 wins in a row. Um, I think for the first time in the entire, in, in their constructors career, uh, history. So maybe another history event at the Austrian GP. Thank you everybody and have a great day.